0: What is up, everybody? This is the Wild Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Heskin, and this is Episode 49. Today's guest is a little different than the usual guest I have on this podcast. It is Andrea Grandgroth? She is a outdoors woman, overall badass. She is a hunting guide. She is a co-founder of a hunting clothing line, and she is a up-and-coming author. And she's getting her story out in the world to help other women who have been in similar situations as herself. So uh, today we're going to talk with her, go over her story, how fitness has helped her go down this path, um, and just talk about a a lot of different mindset things. So with that being said, we're going to go get into it. Here's Andrea. What's up, Andrea?
1: Hey, how are you?
0: Good. How are you doing for uh, podcast number two.
1: <laughs> Doing good. I'm. I've got a great view here of the Snowcrest Mountains in Montana. the The Warm Springs River is flowing with vengeance because all of the snow's melting. We went from pretty much winter to early summer, so it's beautiful day. It's probably about 75 degrees out there. Snows melting quickly. A lot of grizzly tracks are. Are appearing in places. So I'm sure it's just a matter of time until um we see them cruising around in some of these green hillsides.
0: Nice. It is uh it's actually nicer there than it is here in Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's
1: Pennsylvania's uh has been having a good spring so far, right?
0: So far, yeah, it's been a pretty good spring, but it uh like the past five days, it's been the April showers bring May flowers, so just like yeah. cold, rainy, and cloudy.
1: Yep. I'm sure you guys will have uh, a good amount of ticks here soon.
0: Oh, ticks are going to be bad because so my area um, in the southeast corner is warmer than the rest of the state because we're so close to the Chesapeake. So we got maybe two inches of snow this year, maybe, which is really uh, wild. So ticks are already out, already had one on me and uh, mosquitoes are going to be bad. You
1: know, there's not. There's not many insects or like animals in general that, you know, the heebie jeebies but ticks are the one things that just make my skin crawl.
0: Yep. Yep. Because after you've had like one on you, like anytime you go out, you feel like they're crawling on you and same. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah.
0: Especially like deer ticks is like paranoia. You're just like, (laughs) oh, all right. So Dre, there's going to be a lot of new listeners who have no idea who you are. Um, so can you give them a little bit of an introduction to who you are, um, and kind of what you do?
1: Absolutely. So my name's, I go by Drea, my full name's Andrea, but I, uh, Drea seems to be my, my newfound name, (laughs) what I (laughs) introduced as, but, um, I'm a big game hunting guide, um, a new author. I just, um. Post, I just launched my pre-sale for my autobiography, so I am almost officially an author, so I just got to finish the publishing and editing process and will be an author, um, and I'm a small business owner of Ridge Patrol. It's a women's specific hunting and outdoor clothing line. I reside now in Alder, Montana. I spent 10 years in Colorado, and then before that, I grew up in Washington State, so Grew up in a family that was reliant on hunting, grew up in a large family. So a lot of my book is about my childhood, you know, just running around outside, learning from wild places, finding myself in wild places. And Colorado, I was there for 10 years. I was a whitewater rafting guide for 10 years. I did the whole like ski resort thing for a while. That's where I started guiding big game hunts, was there and also started my business there. And then, like I said, reside now in Montana and I work for Upper Canyon Outfitters in the Upper Ruby Valley. And so just try and be outside as much as I can and educate people and share wild places with people as much as I can. So basic the overview about me, outside girl, This that, that's that's my place.
0: Awesome. I, I've always loved a little bit about your story, but now there's more coming out with your book. So you're going into things that you really haven't shared much publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, so when is the release date? Did, do you have an official release date yet?
1: I do not have an official release date. So um, the process I'm going through right now is they are working on editing my book. And then as they get you know near completing the editing process, you know, they're going to send over the book to me, ideally within, I'm hopeful about two months, they say max, it's going to be about four months it will take. Uh, But my book is, like I said, it's an autobiography. So it's essentially a story of my life. And I feel pretty confident about the flow of my book and, you know, grammar and making sure not to repeat things too much. So I'm hopeful I shouldn't have to spend too much time in that editing process. Um, so they said, you know, plan for four months, but most likely going to be about two months. So hopefully by July, we've got books in hand for those who have pre-ordered, they'll have their book in hand, um, at that point as well too. So
0: awesome. And, uh, we're going to talk more about the book, but for the listener, uh, pre-order link will be down below in the show notes. So what about your story? What did you want to get out in autobiography? Cause this isn't like something most people do like most people don't write an autobiography about themselves so what made you be like I need to get my story out in the world
1: it's a loaded question there's there's a lot of a lot of reasons why I um, chose to be vulnerable and to share my story and like the darkest parts of it and then the best parts of it it's funny I was at a brewery a couple months back and I was chatting with this old man and he asked what Uh, my boyfriend and I did for a career and I told him that I was writing a book and it was an inspirational memoir. And he was like, all right, Drea, tell me, what have you gone through in your 32 years of life that you think you can inspire people? And I looked at him and I said, you know what? A lot. Like I grew up in a super sheltered religious family. I suffered sexual abuse as a young child. And for years I didn't tell a single soul. And, you know, if I could go back and change that, absolutely I would. But that's just, you know, the religion that I grew up in, you know, that sort of the practice that they live by is you forgive and you forget. And so like for 15 years of my life, I lived with this horrible secret that haunted me in my nightmares. It was like in high school, I have just like stories from high school of just being this super shy insecure girl. And all of these different uh, things that come with suffering such a traumatic thing at such a young age, I was roughly 10, 11, 12 years old. And so for my entire teenage years, it was just a fog and I was confused and I was scared and I was living in fight or flight mode constantly. I uh, suffered with nightmares nearly every single night. I would pee in the carpet in the corner of my bedroom because I was so scared to leave my room in the middle of the night. And years down the road, 15 years later, when I finally, you know, seek professional help to deal with the many issues that I had been suffering for a long time and not knowing how to regulate emotion, not knowing how to express myself like, constant fight or flight mode, that was when I realized like, wow, this is not just happening with me. With each person that I told within that like first six months about my story, about half of those people also confided in me that they too suffered some sort of abuse in their lifetime and they were still struggling with it. It was absolutely heartbreaking to hear how many people that I knew within the same religion and people who weren't in that religion as well that had suffered some type of abuse. And I knew I needed to share my story. As soon as I started my healing journey, I knew this was something that, that needed to be talked about. As I really dove into my guiding career, I was seeing this connection emotionally, spiritually, physically, and mentally that my clients were having with these wild places when they came out and they hunted with me. And I I feel like I was a little bit more in tune with all that because biggest part of my book, What's Her Wild and Untold Story, is about wild places and how, you know, the rainforest when I was a young girl, that rainforest gave me a sense of security and calm and peace away from like the chaotic home that I was living in. It taught me confidence. It taught me independence. And it started to heal my wounds, which... At that point, when I was young, you know, I, I didn't realize it was such a problem. And so then as I got older, became a hunting guide and started seeing this connection with. Especially my clients, or maybe it was simply just friends that wanted to come out and hunt with me. I was able to see this connection that these people were having with wild places and how it made them feel grounded and it made them forget about all their troubles at home. And it really put life into perspective for them, gave them that clarity. And to answer your question of <laughs> what inspired me to write my book, it's, it's a loaded question. There's a lot of it. But the main thing is I want to talk about the hardships that come with suffering some sort of trauma. And it doesn't have to be sexual trauma like I suffered. It could be any type of trauma, but to make our healing, to make our space that a priority so we can be the best version of ourselves you know I struggled with relationships for a long time within my family within my friends within my peer group in my dating life all because I was lost within myself right Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's there's many reasons I'm sharing this book but I want to share the hard parts I want to be vulnerable I want to remind people that like it's okay to be vulnerable and to own your story, to own your truth and to not let that, you know, become this barrier of like really living to your full potential.
0: Amazing. So uh, a thousand different directions we can go here. Um, But uh, I love that you ended it that way because it's like, you are doing a lot of things right now and a lot of people have trauma and it just absolutely cripples them. And I've, I've met a lot of people where they've had some major trauma, like on paper, this person should not be succeeding, but they've overcome it. They've succeeded in life. They're doing very, very well. And they get their story out kind of like you're doing and helps inspire others to, you know, rise up and get above it. And it doesn't define them. And then there's other people where they just hold on to this trauma and kind of like, it's like a weight that just like holds them down. Um. So it sounds like obviously you're going in the direction of like rising up and having success and telling your story to inspire others to go in that direction.
1: hundred percent. And I feel like a lot of people, there's this, this phrase out there. Um, you are like something along those lines of like what you, ex- what you've gone through defines you, you know, or like your past defines you. Like I, I completely disagree with that. Like I feel like you can let it define you right like you can get mm-hmm. you can get stuck in this mentality of like you know i'm not worthy i'm not you know for a long time that was what i told myself like i'm not worthy of love like because that was you know a side effect of the trauma that i suffered because it's like well this has happened to me i'm already damaged so who cares what i do with my life moving forward and for a while, and I talk about this in my book as well, I got stuck with the wrong crowd. I I went through a phase of my life, as I'm sure a lot of us did in our 20s, where we partied hard and I was seeking validation in all the wrong places mm-hmm. until, you know, hitting rock bottom a few times and realizing, wow, okay, this is a problem for me. Like these people I am surrounding myself with are bringing me down you know they weren't necessarily bad people they didn't treat me wrong but the way they lived like their lifestyle habits um were not healthy
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um but it was you know it was a band-aid to this much bigger issue and each time that band-aid got ripped off it was almost like that wound just got bigger and bigger and it was starting to fester until um Until I went to CrossFit and we chatted about that the other day on the Facebook Live was my experience in the CrossFit gym where I physically broke myself down to who I was. And through that extreme, um, you know, like breakthrough, I was like, wow, okay, like, wow, all right. I need to deal with this because like, it's affecting me all aspects of my life, my relationships, how I view myself, how I talk to myself, how I'm eating. I used to binge eat. And then I would go exercise really hard for like two days and be like, okay, like, I'm fine. I'm going to go eat a carton of ice cream. And then I would just feel like complete crap after that, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, It's something that, you know, don't let it define you. Like, cause there's so many people that say, Oh, you are, you know, your past, like it defines you. It doesn't have to define you. It can, it can be, you know, your fuel to creating a better version of yourself. And, you know, it's never going to go away. Like my truth is always going to be there, but instead of self loathing like I did for a long time, I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to spread awareness about it. And I'm going to, let it fuel me to become, you know, a better person each day if I can.
0: So I already know what the listener's thinking. So what's the breakthrough you had at CrossFit? Because you explained it a little bit, but mm-hmm. tell us what was this breakthrough you had with CrossFit where, um, based on our chat, not on the podcast, but in you know, the Facebook live, this is kind of like where the journey like really takes off for you. It's I, I got that. So mm-hmm. let tell the listener about this breakthrough.
1: Sure, so a little bit of before the ba- the breakthrough, I'll give you just a little bit of insight on um, my childhood. So with the religion that my family practices, I obviously walked away from that practice um, quite a few years back, but we were not allowed to participate in any sports growing up. As most of us know, and I'm sure people who have children or people who have experienced it, they know firsthand that, you know, through competitive sports and stuff, whether it's in school, whatnot, you, you find confidence, you, you learn a lot about yourself, and we weren't allowed to participate in any of that, This is a super active child, like, super active family, coaches were always begging, Gringroff, come on, you got to join the soccer team, come on, you got to join the volleyball team, like, come on, you know, and I was like, ah, you know, my church won't let me, I would love to, and So I had this opportunity to join a CrossFit gym. My really good friend, Amy, she was a mother of nine or she is a mother of nine. She also was raised in the same religion and happened to step away from that religion sort of at the same time as me. So it was an experience that we were both going through together. Um, And I was at her house one evening. She was hosting like a church gathering and She asked me, she's like, Drea, have you ever thought about doing CrossFit? And I was like, well, yeah, but, you know, I hear it's pretty expensive, but, like, tell me about your gym. What do you like about it? And she's like, well, you should just come with me. You know, I can bring a guest to the gym for, like, 10 bucks, so just come work out with me and see what you think. And Amy saw it within me the entire time. Like, she's a very inquisitive person. Like, she knows me better than I know myself, like, a true soul sister. She can tell when I am off by a beat. And she saw that I had something in me that I was holding back and I was holding on to, but that I wanted to like let go of it. And so I was like, all right, I'll come to the gym. I'll give it a try. So she picked me up at my place. The gym was just down the hill in Newcastle there where I was living at the time. And of course, I just instantly fell in love with lifting weights and like the whole competitive energy. Everyone there was so fun. The coach was fun. I was like, I like this. So started training five days a week, started getting super strong and, um, started being like, I taught a couple classes a couple nights a week. Um, and just, like I said, started getting stronger and all right, I drank the Kool-Aid is what everyone said. And, uh, Then there was a night in the gym after, you know, going to the gym for a couple months now. And uh, at this time frame, I was going through a weird phase where so I actually left this religious practice twice. So I left and then a few months later was like realized how hard it was because I had no friends. Um, My family was just not supportive of my new lifestyle. So I ended up going back to the religion twice and then and then leaving it for good. So it was kind of during this like really confusing time frame of my life of feeling really lost and like uh still was like living in fear, so just like trying to please the family, trying to like you know, live up to these expectations that I had my entire life and CrossFit was the one thing that like made me feel in control. It made me feel like powerful and confident. And we were in the gym one night and it was, we had to do box jumps, sprints, pull-ups and a snatch. And I, snatch was the one move in CrossFit that I just couldn't get down. Like I struggled with it really hard. Like I was able to like take the bar up over my head, but anytime we added weight to the bar, it was just became so overwhelming. And I, I got in my head. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to crush this workout. I'm going to go into it. I'm not going to let this snatch, like hold this power over me anymore. And started the workout, boom, busted out my box jumps, busted out my sprints, busted out my pull-ups. And then it was time to get that bar over my head. And I could not, Get it over my head. So I was sitting there, trying and trying, and I was getting so frustrated. Brett, the coach, he was screaming, "Come on, Andrea! Like you've got this! Come on, you're so close! All right, take a breather, walk it off, walk it off." You know, it was everyone in the gym. There was so much encouragement. People were cheering me on, and I'm looking around, and people are finishing their workouts, and I haven't even gotten a single round done yet because I couldn't get this bar above my head, and instantly, I went back to what I knew how to do. And that was basically, you know, talk really bad about myself. So I started, you know, I was completely overwhelmed. I was like, wow, what an embarrassment. You're so weak, Drea, like you could do better. Like, who do you think you are? You come in here all the time and you crush all these workouts and now you can't even get this bar over your head. And you're not worthy of success. And just like negative thought after negative thought after negative thought. And my eyes started watering and I was like, pretending that I wasn't getting pissed off. And Brett's like, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. You know, all these emotions that I've been holding in for 15 years just started coming out. And I got completely overwhelmed. I ran out of the gym and I was, as soon as I ran out of that gym, I like, that cold winter air, like hit my lungs and like reality snapped in that, like, wow, Dre, you have so much work you have to do. And it, that suppressed memory of my sexual trauma, my sexual abuse that I suffered was so vivid in my mind. And, you know, for 15 years, I completely forgot about it. Like I completely suppressed it. You know, some, there was a little bit of a time frame leading up to the, to joining CrossFit, that those memories were coming back. But it was like I was, like was snapped into reality of, you know what? You need, you need to change the way you talk about yourself. You need to start, you know, you need to tell your story. So that night I told Amy my truth. She was the very first person that I told. And it it was the hardest thing I've ever done. We were sitting in her car in my driveway and I told her, my truth. I told her about my sexual abuse that had been holding on to for so long. And she goes, this all makes complete sense. She's like, that was so crazy in the gym. Everyone was like, what's going on with Drea? She's always super happy, super bubbly. And she's over there like pissed off because she can't get this bar over her head. She's crying like what's going on. So that workout, it broke me. And it I'm, so glad it did because it set into motion this healing journey and this realization that you know what stuff happens to us and that's okay we have to be able to work through it and move past it and sometimes it takes work you know and that was 15 years I'm still working on it I'm going to be working on it my whole life 15 years worth of of trauma of triggers of you know being completely disengaged with what's going on in the world. And so that workout just sort of set everything into motion and it really gave me a deep connection with staying physically strong. I competed in a couple other races after that. And it's that's anytime I'm feeling like lazy or like I don't really want to work out or I don't want to like move my body and I'm feeling stagnant. I think back to that night in the CrossFit gym and how it doesn't matter if i go for a walk, if i do a run, if i do like a weighted hike or if i just throw some weight around, i always have such beautiful clarity when i am pushing myself past the limits and you know, it's such a beautiful thing that we can do to in- improve our overall well-being, right? Not only are we getting strong and Im- improving life expectancy, you know, our muscle mass, losing fat, all that, but it's the the mental clarity taking that time to be able to like tap in with yourself and your progress. And so, yeah, that night in the gym just completely set things into motion, Um, especially on the emotional and mental aspects when it, or like connection with pushing yourself past the limits.
0: Awesome. I mean, not awesome, but awesome. Um, (laughs) There's definitely like, definitely like when we push ourselves, There's a very like to the extreme, like a lot of CrossFit or a lot of like intense races will do you. Anyone who's experienced this knows like you're not really thinking of anything. You're in like this very primal state of like clarity. Like it's just like you and the bar and that's it. And nothing else is going on in your head. And that's where some of these like for you, these suppressed things. But I know for me personally, there's been things that just like, bubble up and it's like where the fuck did this come from and it's like yeah. oh it's just been hiding and like you're subconscious forever and because you gave it a moment where you had this you're pushing yourself you have just like pure emotion and adrenaline mental clarity and then all of a sudden boom there it is like mm-hmm. where did this come from
1: yeah yeah exactly and um i used to watch the show Biggest Loser. I don't think it's like airing anymore, but you know, have you, you know, the show? Yep. Loser? Oh
0: yeah. I know the show.
1: Yeah. And I would always get so emotional, like watching it and seeing these, these people like going through this journey and having these like mind, mind blowing, like revelations and breakthroughs. But it's so crazy that my suppressed memory, like my memory of my trauma was so suppressed that not even that not even like seeing that I was, I wasn't able to like tap back into that, but it always made me really emotional. So like I'm a firm believer that our body keeps the score and that's been a big part of my, my healing too. There's a a book out there, the body keeps the score where it's the body holds the score. And it Mm -hmm. essentially talks about how like, you know, our body holds onto these things. And it was so, so wild to like be, To make that like comparison years later, I've been like, I always felt like so emotionally, like I felt like what those people were going through, but at the same time, I completely suppressed it. But it was my body's way of telling me like, Drea, hello, hello, Drea, you know? And then when I had that breakthrough, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like one of those contestants on The Biggest Loser right now, (laughs) you know? It's a real
0: thing. Um, Yeah. I, I know vividly in my mind right now, there's uh, two clients I worked with when I was in-person training. Um, so I'm not going to say any names. I'm going to keep them anonymous. But both of them ended up having these traumas appear and come up in their lives. And I believe one was sexual trauma. The other one, I never got the details because uh, she never came back to the gym um, after mm-hmm. like this stuff bubbled up. So uh, these yeah. were two people like we could not help them lose weight. Like we're doing all the things like they're doing great in the gym and I'm trying to help them with their diet and nothing seemed to stick. And finally it was like one that they both had breakthroughs. Like they're crying, like I'm giving them a hug. They're just breaking down in the gym. And um, at that point I was like, look, um, me and my boss were like, you guys need therapy. You guys need to go. So um, the one continues to go to the gym, but it's like, I, she was the one that yeah had like sexual trauma that she never dealt with just like all of a sudden now it's bubbling up years later it's like this is like what was holding her back like she was like eating comfort foods to like mm-hmm. make herself less attractive um, mm-hmm. the other one all she said was dark stuff popped up from her therapy session that was like all we heard from her like what mm-hmm. is going on like okay we see you're not like Getting suicidal because you're still on Facebook and posting and going to therapy, but it was kind of like your story where, like, all of a sudden, like with fitness and stuff, like eventually got to a point where this stuff came out and then they were able to move on. They're both doing very well to this day, but yeah, it's weird that you kind of have to start being active and stuff for sometimes these uh repressed memories to come through
1: absolutely. Yeah. 100%.
0: So, um, we had the, the CrossFit. So after CrossFit you're doing races and what, what was like the next step to like, actually like starting to write your book?
1: Uh, let's see. That was a good, good bit of time. So this book is attempt number three. So the first one I wrote, that was 2017 when I really really took a dive into writing. So one of my first assignments from my therapist, when I first started seeing her, cause I was having such a hard time regulating and acknowledging which emotions I was feeling. And so it was really hard to just like tell her how I was feeling because I didn't have the tools. Like I didn't know how to regulate that or how to, you know, confront those emotions, how to deal with them. So My homework from her was any time that I was feeling any type of way, happy, sad, frustrated, scared, anxious, you name it, I was to write about it. She wanted me to write what I was feeling, why I was feeling that, what caused that, and to just sit with it. And so that gave me an opportunity to really learn about the emotions within myself that I was so confused about for so long, you know, 15 years. And I went out on a solo elk hunt, 2017. I took the entire month of September off. So at this time frame, it was, it was probably about a year later. And that previous year I just like partied and was not taking care of myself and was not sleeping, was not healing, was just finding validation in all the wrong places and was like, you know what, I want to make a change. And so I, um, I spent an entire month of September in the Alkwoods and I remember being so excited to just completely decompress and to get away and to have the opportunity to really like start diving into who I was. Cause I, I felt like I had to rediscover who I was because you know when you hold on to such trauma for so long, you're not like I was just surviving for the majority of mm-hmm. my life. So I was like it's time to to learn who Drea is, and I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna be alone and hunting in wild places has always been the best um, schoolroom and the best humbler out there. And you know, my family would come and go on the weekends, but for the majority of those twenty seven days I was out there total, I learned a lot and you know some of those days I didn't even want to hunt I sat in the hammock and I just started to write like I had all these emotions coming up and all these feelings and like this confidence of being out in the wild and doing it all on my own I was seeing bears mountain lions I was getting so close to elk you know I finally harvested a bull like the very last week of season but I had so many failures and just like being out there was like the most amazing experience of my life. I highly recommend it to anybody who's just looking for some soul searching. It doesn't have to be hunting, but going out into the wild and being alone for a certain amount of days will really teach you a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. I went into that experience like super timid. Like I I grew up hunting and I was always out you know, behind the house growing up by myself all the time, but I felt safe because it was there wasn't really any predators. And, you know, I knew the country and I was only a couple miles behind the house. But here in the back country of Colorado and like having mountain lions screaming while I'm in country that I've never walked before it, it really teaches you a lot about yourself. Um, and so after that month, I was like, I want to write a book. And so I attempted my first book, my computer completely crashed and I lost the first, the first version. And I was like, you know what, that's fine. I feel like I actually haven't healed very much. And I feel like I don't actually really know myself like I should. I don't feel like this is the right perspective to tell it from. So I'll just start again when it feels right. So probably another year down the road, I attempted to, to write this book again. And for some reason I wanted to write it in a journal. I wanted to do it like old school and same thing, lost the notebook. And then, um, so then I just spent a few years of just being single and doing what I love most, which is being out in the wild. And I learned a lot and I started, I became a hunting guide and I just started having all these experiences. I went on the Grand Canyon and did a, um, a 14-day river trip on the Grand Canyon. So I was in charge of rowing one of the rafts down. I did some other, like, river trips, but I really just dove into, like, going on adventures that, like, fueled, fueled the fire within me and spent a lot of time alone, like, in these wild places because I was just, like, in search of, like, answers and clarity and grounding and healing. And I was constantly receiving these things. And I was like, this is so beautiful that mother earth can give us this. Like, that's all I've got to do at the end of the day is I'm going to go out and look for some milk. And, you know, one time I came across this sow and had like this crazy experience with these black bears where it, it could have, it could have been really bad. Um, sprained an ankle, got out of there safely, luckily, but like, these experiences. And so then last year I was guiding for an outfitter in Colorado and um, there was actually the Colorado Hunter magazine. They did an article on, on me and Rich Patrol, the clothing brand that I am the co-founder of. And one of the magazines was there in the lodge. And one of the clients like came up to me and he was just holding on to this magazine so tight. Like he was just grasping onto it. He's like, Drea, do you have an extra copy of this? And I was like, I don't, that's my only copy. Like, what's up? He's like, my wife would love this. She would love your article. Can I bring this home? And I'm like, absolutely, it's all yours. So the next day I was bringing this gentleman out to his morning stand and he was like, all right, Drea, I'm just gonna be honest with you. And if you don't like where this topic is going, just tell me to shut the fuck up. And I'm like, I welcome it, what, what's up? He told me that his two sons were also suffered sexual abuse when they were young, between like five and seven years old in their home from their babysitter. Oh, and geez. in in that article that I that was written about me in the Colorado magazine, you know, I talked about how in a very brief, you know, paragraph about my experience having sexual trauma, but like how wild places had become like my worshiper, like my healer, my ground, my ground place of grounding. And this this guy, like who came out from, I don't even remember where he's from, but I happened to be in the same place as him. And his two sons had also suffered something similar. And he, you know, went on to tell me that, you know, one of my sons is doing really great. He's got a family. He's happy. He's healed. He's moved past it. But my other son, he is just stuck in it. And He's depressed. He's anxious. He's not doing well. And, you know, we try and be there for him, trying to give him support, but, you know, he's just not showing that initiative to make a change. And that's when I was like, it is time to write this book because it's everywhere I go. I hear about somebody like if I were to tell you the amount of people that I, that I have talked to, it's more than 25 people that I know have suffered some sort of sexual trauma. And so that was when I like my moment of realization, like it's time to write this book. So I lived in the cabin um, remotely last winter. It was like super remote off off grid, no running water, Um, heated my cabin with a wood stove and I just got to work and everything as I typed, it just came out of me so effortlessly. Um, But at the same time, it was just like so healing for myself to be able to start from when I was a baby and write about my life leading up to that timeframe. And so um, obviously I didn't complete it last winter. I just completed it, you know, like a month ago. So it's taken me just a little bit over, over a year to finally put into writing the perspective and the story that I want to tell.
0: Awesome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay it's,
1: yeah it's it was crazy when I was that, that morning in the jeep driving my client out to his stand and he's like I am so proud of you Drea like for you to to share your vulnerability on such a platform where like this is just your truth and you're owning it he's like I wish my my son could do the same thing and it just like tugged at my heart you know my heartstrings. It just there's a lot of, a lot of trauma out there and there's a lot of forms of it. And, um, you know, having experienced it firsthand and all the side effects that come with it, you know, it's like I said, you can't let it define you. You got to let it like fuel you to become a better version of yourself. And when you do that, other people are going to be inspired to do so as well. Like they, they realize we're not alone in this, just like, any other trauma there might be out there. Like none of us are alone. We all have hardships. We have all gone through something hard in our lifetime. Um, but to be able to just like own it and to push forward um, is really, really beautiful. And I like, I get emotional and like, I get the chills thinking about it, like thinking about the, the, the person I was in uh, 2000. When was it? No, 2012. When I moved to Colorado and whitewater rafting they were the place that like opened my eyes to the world because my my entire life was very sheltered um with that religion that we practice like you you don't spend time with anyone outside of that religious practice you don't watch tv you don't listen to music you don't alter your appearance in any way it's very fundamentalist christian and when i became a whitewater raft guide and was on the river every day and was like meeting these people from all around the world that came out to do the same thing. And there was this sense of community that, that welcomed me and whitewater is a, a big part of my book. Um, it's actually where like my part two of my book starts. Cause I feel like moving to Colorado was like when I was reborn and it set everything into motion to, to essentially lead up to where I am now.
0: Okay, so you had the CrossFit thing, and then you had also this white r- water rafting thing, and then your time outdoors with that elk hunt. And you said you were elk hunting, what, uh, 28 days, 21 days?
1: Um, Well, for that month, yeah, that month of September was 27 days, but every September since then, I uh, essentially have spent in the elk woods. The last couple of years, I've been just guiding in September but September has become my month of the year to really just reground myself. I work really hard all year long and September is just sort of my month that I'm like, all right, I'm going to play. But now being a hunting guide, it's a little bit different because I'm, I'm guiding clients, usually half of the month, if not the full month.
0: Um, I was going to say that's like prime time for guiding.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So,
0: yeah. um, I know like I teach a lot about like nature therapy and 100% of what she said, like getting outdoors for an extended period of time has therapeutic effects on mm-hmm. our bodies and our brains. And it's definitely something I would recommend anyone do of, uh, but you don't have to do like the 27 days like you did. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can get bent. So if you're listening, you're like, how the hell am I going to get that many days in? You can yeah. Just a couple hours, like, just like a long hike will be amazing. Or yeah. um there's something called the three day effect. Like if you just want to take like a long weekend um, they did research and found that there's changes in our brain after like 72 hours of being out of nature. So instead of like 27 days, if that's not feasible, parents listening, I'm with you on that not feasible for me right now, but you can probably do a three or four day weekend to get outside and lots of soul searching can happen. I know for me personally, same thing, exactly what you said. Like, I need to figure shit out. I'm going to go outdoors. Let me go for a hike. <laughs> Let me sit in the tree stand for a few hours, even, even on like a shitty day, like probably not going to see anything. So it's time to get up there with no cell reception and it's just me and my thoughts and maybe a journal.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My, the most creative writing that I have done is usually when I'm outside um so yeah I was in Pennsylvania this last fall actually this last I guess it was holiday so December January and experienced like tree stand hunting like the true experience for the first Mm -hmm. time I'm a very active hunter I have a really like if I'm in a spot where I can sit and glass I'll sit there all day sure like if I can glass several drainages and ridgelines Sitting in a tree stand and staring at one field or one little trail for a while was very challenging. But I pulled out my phone and, like, I wrote some pretty cool stuff. I was like, and it's always when I'm out in the wild, is when I feel like my creative space is at its full potential, which is really cool to see as well. Like, all these different things you can tap into um, when you're out in nature, it just sort of takes everything. Away, it clears the mind, and really, I feel like grounds us in a way that um, nothing else really can.
0: Well, they have research backing that too of being out in nature boost creativity. Mm-hmm. So it's like literally, like you're feeling like when I'm in nature, I feel the most creative. It's like that's actually backed with science of yes, that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're for me, it's like I'm stuck in a problem with my business or client struggling i can't figure it out like same thing like that's where oh now i figured it out now i can go and implement it just i just make the notes and then like when i get back to civilization it's like okay now i have some cell signal i can actually start on this thing but uh, mm-hmm. yeah tree stain hunting's a little different isn't it it's uh just sitting there with your thoughts yeah.
1: Yeah. for a day <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah and that day could turn into a very long day
0: (laughs) yeah you can turn into like you're doing an eight-hour sit and you saw nothing like cool that's a (laughs) lot of my hunting um where i currently living like the day the times it's it pays off it's amazing but there's a lot of just like sitting and nothing comes by
1: and that's all right
0: and that's all right the uh, yeah. some of my other hunting locations, like every time we go out, you're going to see something. It's just a matter of whether it's like actually in range um, or it's legal to shoot, but you're going to see something. The yeah. stand I have locally, nope. There's a lot of days where you're most days we don't see anything. And there's every once in a while oh the opportunity presents itself. And then you have to be ready for that little, yeah. like, w- as you know, like one to five minutes of opportunity over the course of however long your sit was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There was this, um, this client I had. And so we were out on this, on this hunt. We were on, what was it? I don't know. Day three, like halfway through our hunt. And I had guided him for a couple years already. And I had gotten to know him pretty well. And I'm like, he's, he's the tough love dad. He, um, he has a big heart and he was doing very well with his business and was, you know, him and I would call each other randomly. And that's one of the things I love about guiding is like, I've, I've also been able to form some really amazing relationships with my clients who are now my friends. And so we would randomly call each other throughout the year just to check in. And he was married once, divorced, his wife wasn't a healthy relationship. And so that kind of stemmed Uh, relationships with his children that were very like based off like hard love like he just came across as like I'm gonna support you but I'm giving you like tough love all the time like very almost like abrasive like says what's on his mind but like hey I love you like you know I'm just trying to support you and encourage you and his second wife they like felt it was just like he explained to me like it was this love that that's the only kind of love he would like. It was true love. And they had a really beautiful relationship and she died. Suddenly she was super healthy Uh. and she died suddenly. And it was, it was a year later when we were hunting together, it was a year later from her passing. And um, I ended up having to like, I went to go do some scouting and glassing elsewhere. And he just, he was like, I want to just go fish for a little bit. Um, I'm going to go sit by the stream and fish. I could could tell things were a little bit off with him. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go look for some, some animals. He was, he was a little bit sick as well at the time. Like his health wasn't so great. So we weren't able to push as hard as I can with some clients. And I came back, we regrouped and um, he was like, Drea, I pulled out the letter that she, she wrote me. So she wrote his his wife, before she passed, she wrote him a letter and she said, I don't want you to open this letter now. I want you to open it someday when, after I'm gone, um, when you feel like you're ready and when you feel like you're in a good place to receive what I am trying to, like, my message I'm trying to tell you. So that day, he decided he was going to read that letter. It was a year after her passing. And he went and sat by the stream read the letter and just had this like profound clarity on like life. she completely like changed his perspective. And he was like, you know, I I realized that I'm getting older and I have limited time with my children. And like, I, I, I really need to be more gentle with them. And I, you know, need to spend more time with them and i need to spend more time hunting and fishing and being out here because i've been wanting to open this letter for so long but i haven't been in a place to be able to do it but being out in the mountains always brings me such peace and calm and i felt so connected with her and i could feel her energy and i knew it was time to read this letter and i was so honored to be a part of something so beautiful and so life-changing and um and for it it was so special that it was on our our hunt together and in that time in Colorado you know those five days he had in the wilderness of Colorado that he was able to have that shift and that like grounding within him to be able to do this thing you know read this letter that his 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 wife left him behind and I was like That was one of those moments as well in my guiding career where I'm just like, this is so beautiful. This is not about the harvest, this hunt, these five Mm -hmm. days with his client. It's not about the harvest, but it's about what he needs and what, what he's receiving. And he received something so beautiful that day. And I was so lucky to be a part of it. You know, like there's just. I have so many stories and experiences, and I'm sure you do and everyone else does of the insane power that mother earth holds and when we're able to just tap into that and listen to it and be be willing and being open to receiving whatever it is that we may need um it's just so damn beautiful i love it
0: (laughs) it really is powerful when you can tap into it like that's Mm -hmm. an amazing story um so definitely like if to the listeners, if you've never done like an extended stay outdoors, like highly recommend it. And uh, if you need any tips, obviously, like you can always reach out to myself or Drea uh, and we'll always help you. Even if it's not hunting, it can be just like going out camping, like car camping for a couple days. Like just reach out if you're not sure where to start. I and mean, We can help you with that. But Highly, highly recommended for anyone just because you do get those breakthroughs.
1: Mm -hmm. You know, I was in this, my past relationship I was in, there was a lot of time in front of the TV and it like, it drove me nuts. And I I got so sucked into it. I grew up without a television. Um, And so I've always, I've never really needed that like entertainment Mm -hmm. to like entertain me. Um, Granted, I do love, I I I enjoy it. I definitely enjoy it. But I was spending, we were spending so much time and I could feel the difference from going, going from like the single independent woman, so much on my plate. I had made so much progress in my book, um, just so many great things going. And then like, all of a sudden everything just came to a halt and I had no motivation to write. I had no motivation to like take care of myself no motivation to do anything to like improve my overall well-being. Granted, I'm sure there were other factors, but sitting in front of that TV every single day for like, I don't know, almost six months, I could tell the difference within myself. And I like had to, I had to remove myself from that relationship, from that situation. Cause I, I knew it wasn't serving me. It wasn't making me a better person you know I just felt myself sucking into this little like hole and the anxiety started coming back I couldn't sleep you know like I said there was no motivation not saying there's anything wrong with television but when for me I can't do that seven days a week because it takes away that creative space it takes away like you know the overall well-being and so I'm like I'm gonna start <laughs> trading in my TV time to getting back outside, and just like that, the shift happened again. It it, w- it was pretty crazy to experience that.
0: Like you said, there's nothing wrong with TV, but when it's taking space for something else, like mm-hmm. your health, your fitness, your creativity, your work, etc., when it's starting to take, creep into that space, that's where it becomes an issue. Like. I love watching like a random TV show or movie every once in a while, but when it starts taking over, that's where it becomes a problem.
1: Right, and you know, and that TV is just an example. It could be anything else. Oh yeah, you know it could be any other thing that's that's taken away from overall bettering yourself.
0: But that's the challenge I have for people is like, I don't have time to work out. Like, really. Pull up your phone and look at screen time really quick. Like if your job isn't to be on your phone, like my screen time is a little bit higher just because like I do so much work off my phone. But even then, like how much does that really actually work versus like bullshitting? Um, Mm -hmm. So my challenge is always like, let's look at that and let's see if we find time. Like, okay, so you spent uh, two hours today on Facebook. Uh, Mm -hmm. Maybe we should take like, cut that in half. There's your hour workout window. There you go
1: exactly make time for it
0: mm-hmm. and you just don't real people don't realize like how much time they're wasting like it's and it's very easy like social media platforms tv they make it so you get sucked in like that's they make more money the longer you are on there yeah. um so like for all of mine i have alerts like every like 20 minutes an alert goes off like you've spent enough time on this today like mm, probably at if i'm like in the middle of my work day and i'm spending more than 20 minutes on there yeah, I've probably just fucking around at that point. Like, okay, yeah, waste right? of time.
1: time yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah, but it can be many, many things. Um awesome. So we're kind of out of time. I feel like we barely scratched the surface, but um where can people find your book?
1: Absolutely. So, you can pre-order my book on my website, it's www.whatyourwild.net. So like I was talking about earlier in the podcast, it is in the process of um, being edited and published right now. But all of the proceeds that I am receiving now are going directly into the cost of getting this book edited and published. Um, It's not cheap. So it's like, perfect, I'm just going to set up a pre-sale, and those funds are just going now into my payment plan to get this book paid off. Um, so hopefully that book will be in people's hands two to three months from now. Once again, the link to purchase my autobiography is www.whatsyourwild.net.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you. And where else can people find you on social media?
1: Social media is pretty much the same name except where there's underscores underneath. So it's what's underscore your underscore wild, which also in my bio, there's the link to purchase my book as well. So it's pretty similar. Just got to add the underscores in there. But thank you so much, Chris, for having me today. It's always great chatting with you. I always love good. what you're, doing. Love what you're you. doing with the peak Wellness and um, helping people live healthier lives. I think it's, it's much needed in this day and
0: age. 100%. And, uh, I'm excited to get, see when your book comes out, I'll get on that pre-order list and listeners, all that stuff will be down the show notes. So make sure to go check out, uh, the show notes, grab your copy, or at least just give Drea a follow.
1: I would love that. And you guys, seriously, if there's anything you're struggling with, Reach out to me. I am a non-judgmental space. I have been through the ringer with many, obviously, situations, suffered trauma myself, and just like trying to navigate the very scary journey of healing. Um, so please don't hesitate to reach out. Whether you've been inspired, or you're looking to make some changes, or if this message touched you somehow, um, we're all in this together. And let's,
0: let's do that. Let's do this journey together. Awesome. Thank you. Hey, thanks for tuning into today's episode. Make sure go follow Drea, uh, on social media, check out her company, make sure to pre-order her book. That link is going to be down in the show notes. Also, uh, we are running a, Fix Your Metabolism Masterclass. So that link's going to be down below. That's going to be this week. I know it's a little last minute. Um, That's on me. But uh, Fix Your Metabolism Masterclass is coming this week. It's a two-day masterclass. So uh, if you want in on that to learn how to fix a slow, broken metabolism, fix or help lose weight with hyperthyroidism or with PCOS, Make sure to sign up for that. Even if you can't attend, you can get the recordings.